for a season or he dwells in that place. My proposal to you is that God dwells in this place. As you walk through the scriptures, you'll find there are many, many passages where we see the physical presence of God in the earth. The earth is the Lord, and uh, the Lord's, and everything in the world is God's. God can visit this place anywhere, anytime, when he wants to. He can be in a million spots of the world at once. He can remove himself from that spot, and he can bring himself to it. He can remain for a long time, or simply stay for a few moments. We know that in the case of Adam, he walked in the garden with Adam. It wasn't something there. God was a distance and somehow Adam prayed and had fellowship. God wanted to make the point that he came onto the earth and walked with him at a specific time in a specific place. We know that one night Abraham, very concerned, God said, Abraham, get out of the bed, get out of your tent, come stand at the entrance of the tent, because I want to talk to you in this place. And he spoke about the stars in the sky and the blessings that were going to come to his nation, to his people. There is one verse that actually says, he appeared to Abraham near the great tree of Mamre. So there was Abraham at this tree, and God comes and presents himself to him at the tree. Remember Jacob when he's running in fear from his brother because he's done an awful thing, tricking him out of his birthright. He's lying by the side of the road. He's sleeping. He's on a journey. He's made his camp here for the night. And as he sleeps, he gets the vision of a, a ladder, a stairway leading up to heaven with angels ascending and descending. And when he gets up in the morning, what does he say? Surely the Lord was in this place. I did not expect the Lord to come and meet me in this place, but he came and met me in this place. Remember moving over to the New Testament where the saints gathered together to pray. Maybe God doesn't always turn up at every prayer meeting. Maybe he doesn't turn up at every service. Maybe he doesn't turn up at every gathering. But we know on this particular occasion that as they prayed, God turned up. And it says the house shook because God had come into the room. God had presenced himself among these people. Paul on the road to Damascus met the Christ. Such a powerful encounter. Bright light that was enough to drive him from his horse, make him blind. And Jesus spoke to him face to face. Why are you resisting me? It was where God met Paul. On the road. We know that Peter on another occasion, he's lying on a rooftop, he's almost sleeping, he's in preparation for the meal that's going to come, and Jesus comes and speaks to him. He shows him a vision. He's telling him basically, listen, this message that you have, this wonderful message of the gospel is not only for Jews, it's for the Gentiles as well. Someone's going to come to get you and you go and preach the message to the Gentiles. And I'll prove to you the door has been opened for them as well. Remember Paul when he was on the ship and he was being shipwrecked. He said, an angel appeared to me and stood and talked to me. I was, we don't see many angels these days. 
There's a sense in which maybe the Holy Spirit, being so present in us and in the world, has displaced the angels to some extent. So I'm very pleased that an angel came to Paul on the boat. Do you want to entertain an angel? Amen. Some of us do. Some of us will. And one came and sat and spoke to him or stood against him and on the boat. Yes, Jesus is always present in us by his Holy Spirit. He does fill the whole universe, but God also wants to come and dwell amongst his people. He wants to get in the midst of us. He wants to presence himself on his earth, wherever he wants to be. God loves us, wants to be in the midst of us. This part that I'm going to share, some of you have heard it before, most of you have heard it before, but it's vital to what I want to share. I'm not ashamed to keep speaking over and over again of the wonders of God. You should never be tired of your testimony. You should tell it again and again and again to as many people as you can. I know you might get tired of it, but to them it's the first time. You know, as I read through the Bible, I see this story of the Exodus repeated at least three times in the New Testament. I think, why are you wasting pages, God? We can read it in the old. And then I see Paul's testimony repeated again and again and again. And I'm thinking, what another waste of pages. You could have said other things, God. But what he's saying is, keep telling the story. Keep telling of the wonderful things that God has done. We became tenants of this building in 2008. In 2009, there was a great project to renovate the building. As we pushed on with the renovations, we made a decision that we build an extension. We weren't even sure what the extension was for. And then we decided it would become a cafe. Before that cafe was ever finished, I remember we were doing healing rooms on a Tuesday in the same manner that we're doing them today. There was no wall, sorry, there was no opening there. There was a wall there and the cafe was just a shell. It was nothing. It was just a shell. And we had worshipped God here and the idea is that people would come for prayer. And so I remember about quarter to eight, I took a chair, a table and I sat out there. It was dark. The room was dark. There was just a light or two just sticking out the wall. I was waiting if people came that I would take their particulars and we would usher them into the healing rooms through the night. As I sat there, a woman started to walk up the road and make her way to the cafe. Now, previous to this Tuesday night meeting on the Sunday, we had gone to the congregation, some of you might remember, and we asked you to suggest names for this cafe. And we ended up with something like 12 to 15 names. I've still got the list. I know if you offered a name. Linda, you offered a name. Roshan, Heike. Heike offered three names. <laughs> Miss Ollie was present. Sarah, remember? Sarah West. Jay, two names that you offered, Jay. Do you remember what they were? You suggested the Manor Cabin and the Manor Cafe. It wasn't God's choice. Gwen offered a name, others offered names. So I have all the names here. 
When I took this to the group, of which Nikki was one of the group, we sat and we looked at these and we decided what names that we liked. We all decided, as a committee would, on preferring different names. So I said, I will pin this to my board here and we will pray and ask the Lord to show us. And uh, if he doesn't, we will come to the church with... Uh, maybe four or five of these names, and we will vote on the names of the cafe. On the, mon on the Sunday you gave this, on the Monday we met as a group, on the Tuesday we had this prayer time, uh, the healing rooms. On the Tuesday evening the woman comes up the road, you know this story, a lot of you, she came across the road, I thought she's coming to the healing rooms, so I opened the door to meet her. She said to me, is this Café Rendezvous? It is the name on the top of the list, Café Rendezvous. No one knew the name on the top of the list. God knew the name. I, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I thought, how on earth do you know that is the top name on the list? We hadn't decided on that name. It was going to be suggested with lots of others. I said to her, well, um, no, it's not. Then I thought to direct her to a cafe, but I knew cafes would be closed. So I said, I can't help you. She turned around and went. She hadn't come to be prayed for for healing. She came as a messenger from God. I didn't know who that woman was. I've never seen her since. If she walked past the cafe, I wouldn't know who she was. God had named the cafe. After that happened, I just said to the church, well, we have a name going to have no part in this. This is God's cafe and he named the cafe and that's just the end of the story. And everyone was accepting of that. It was going to be called Café Rendezvous. I asked God, God, why did you do that? We could have, we named the church. You never named the church, Hope. We decided on the name. We voted on the name, Hope. God said, listen, this is my cafe. If it's my cafe... I name the cafe. And God chose rendezvous. Rendezvous is a French word. It means the meeting place. This wasn't just going to be the meeting place for us or for people. This was the meeting place of God. God said, this is my place. This is my building. This is my home. This is where I dwell, and this is where I will meet with people. We know that when there is a revival in this country or abroad or anywhere else, the revival is often named after the location of where it takes place. Toronto Blessing, Pensacola, uh, Sunderland. I'll go for some English ones as well, so we're not completely yeah? out. There was a tremendous move of God in Sunderland. We know now Reading is something that's happening. It gets labelled the move of God in Reading, the move of God in Sunderland, the move of God in Florida or wherever, wherever the move of God is. It's located to a place. God decides to turn up at a place. What I am suggesting to you this morning as God has set this place aside, that he might manifest himself here. 
And I'm not talking about Sunday mornings. I'm talking about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, morning, afternoon and evening. Because God has chosen to presence himself in this place. And he will not leave until he decides to go. Over the past six years in this place, Cocaine Anonymous on a Friday evening, and it never fails to meet. Hundreds have come. Would you agree, Sarah? Over the years, hundreds have come. Now, not all have met Christ in this place, but some have without a shadow of a doubt. See, you can go to where God is and it have no effect on you at all. You can walk in and out this place a thousand times, but you're not expecting God to be in the very midst of this place, and so you don't meet him. When there was this move of God in South Wales, I went. I went with David. We drove. We sat in the meeting. To me, it was just another meeting. I didn't have to travel 200 miles to sit in that meeting. There's meetings all the place. Now, I'm not saying God wasn't there. God was surely there meeting people, but he didn't apprehend me. You see, God has to apprehend you. You can't apprehend God. If you walk in, you might say, well, it's just a cafe. It's just a building. It's nothing. But God has presenced himself in here that if you come expecting to meet God, he will apprehend you in this place. You might have to come several times, but as you come with a desire to meet with the living God, did you come this morning to church or to meet the living God? There is no question that the living God's here because it's his house. You know, I have to chuckle to myself where sometimes we have in the leading, we welcome him. Listen, if you came to my house and said, welcome, Philip, I would say, you crackers. <laughs> you can't welcome me to my house I welcome you to my house and yet we say God we welcome you why we only we have to think that this is our house and not his house but this is his house so please never say it ever again rather you got up and said Lord I thank you that we are found in your presence I heard that prayed this morning Lord, you've welcomed us into your presence. Lord, we have come to your house. We have come to where you are. And you need to have this mindset. Don't come to church ever again to do church. Come to this place to meet with the living God. And the living God will meet with you. I guarantee it. He will because he's here in his presence. Healing rooms. Hundreds have come. Healing rooms is something like in its seventh or eighth year. Hundreds must have come, Catherine, yes, in your time and Eva in your time. Now, they didn't all meet God, but God was here every time. And some of them wonderfully met God, heard the words of God, had the touch of God, felt the spirit of God, were healed, were set free, were delivered, whatever it was. They met with God in the house of God. Christmas cheer. Bible schools, Polish citizens' advice, 
Winter night shelters, the Russian church, catch the fire, the sanctuary, Alpha, men and women's ministries, car washing, lunches, taste of heaven, youth ministries, link groups, the dwelling place, prayer meetings. Here, all of them happen here because God opens a table before us, not of one solitary meeting a week where we can come, but he's here every day, all through the week, day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out, saying, this is my house. Will you come to my house? Some of you just come Sunday because you go to church. Will you stop going to church? Will you change your mentality? Will you come to the house of God often? Coming to his house through the cafe, which has been open now these years, and we try to open it every day. Literally thousands of people have come through that cafe door. Thousands of them. Thousands. Some have met with the living God. Some have received counsel and saving and healing and deliverance and encouragement. Some have been saved and comforted and inspired. Some have been challenged some through God personally, just by sitting here, and some through the servants that have made themselves available to assist God in the meeting of people in the house of God. Isn't it wonderful that God said, do a cafe? See, if we were church, we would be like all the other churches that only open for a few hours on a Sunday and close the doors in case people stole things or damaged it. But God said, my house is a house of prayer, a house of fellowship, a house of fun, where my doors are always open. I want those doors, and I'm sure God does, open 24 hours a day so the house of God is never closed. I believe that's true. A vision I've held for seven, eight, nine years now, that this place will constantly be open by God's power through God's people. He wants to meet with us. I'll give you a little cameo of the last time the cafe opened. I'm talking Thursday, just two days ago. A man was brought here. He wasn't saved. He was troubled. He'd never been here before. I don't know how he found us. He was brought by somebody. I don't know how they knew about us. But see, God has his ways of bringing people to his house. God had sent him a personal invitation somewhere, and he came and I sat in the room with him there and we spoke about some of his problems. And within about an hour of me with him, he had received Christ as his saviour. He had prayed to receive Christ. Now you say, was it genuine? I don't know. I can't see his heart. I listened to his lips and his mouth. And he went away and I gave him a testimony book that he could read. 
I gave him a New Testament that he could read. He said he had a degree in English literature, and I had no reason to disbelieve him. So I knew he would start to read immediately the testimony and the things of God. That same day, another lady was sent to us from across London, very distraught, got into some fellowship in a big church in London, but sounds to me she was coming under the control of a sort of witchcraft sort of person. So I met with her that same day. This is the same day I was able to counsel her, to encourage her. God brought her to this place. Eva was here through the day, counseling people. Some of our staff were ministering to a lady, a neighbor, an elderly neighbor who's bedridden. They spent some hours with her. They provided her evening meal. God is in this place. God is in this place. See, we read the Bible and we turn it into a dramatic thing. But it was just everyday life. And what I'm sharing with you, you could say, this is dramatic, Phil. It's just everyday life. The book of Acts took 30 years to write. Do you know? It didn't all happen in the first week. There were long times where nothing was happening. Then something would break. There's times here where, and then it breaks. It breaks. Ministering to that woman. Every day, God is here. God is using the people that are here to minister to the people that he brings in. You say, I didn't realize this. I thought it was just a cafe. You're joking. Think God's interested in a cafe? There's loads of cafes. This is Rendezvous Cafe. It's a cafe so we could open it every day. And it's a rendezvous because God is in this place. God is here. Visitors came. I would go out sometimes and see people in deep compensation. I remember seeing Herman there talking to this lady. I don't know who she was, but he wasn't talking about the weather for an hour with her. That's for absolute certain. I'm surprised he hadn't laid his hands on her. Perhaps I missed that bit. <laughs> there were others coming and having fellowship and talking and, and different ones coming in and their needs were being met. They were being fellowship with. Maybe we were refreshing them in different ways. Do you know 20 people who worship with us now not in years past, 20 people who worship with us now came through the cafe. I can look out there and I can see them. I can see you. I'm not going to embarrass them by names, but they've come. They've come to the cafe, the meeting place of God, and now God has directed them to be with us in this place of worship. 18 months ago, God said, that's enough of the school. Why didn't you meet in my house? Why didn't you come to the meeting place that is mine? Why don't you come and fellowship here where I am? I don't want to walk up the school. You walk down here. You meet with me in this place. And so we're here. 
And God is now bringing about changes. It never stays. God moves on all the time. He is growing something wonderful here. We're going to extend, I believe, and expand this building for the plans and purposes of God. Not that we would necessarily grow. We want to do what God wants to do. If God wants to give us growth, he'll give us growth. But if he wants us to develop ourselves as being the real children of God, who understand the workings and the purposes of God, he's bringing in fresh faces, fresh ministries, different people to support in the new thing we're going. And he's raising up you people as well to see things differently. To say, I want to be involved in the house of God. I don't want to go to church anymore. I don't want to turn up on a Sunday and expect good worship, good preaching, only to go away and to ignore where God is for the rest of the week. He's saying, get ready, church. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. You go, I don't know if I'm ready. I just want church. I don't want to get too involved. Get ready. There's going to be an upset. A stirring. The Spirit of God is on the move. This is not just a convenient building to house us. Remember when Moses was in the, in the desert looking after the sheep and he looks and he sees a bush. People have written about such things say that was a common occurrence for maybe a dry old bush to burst into flames and burn up. But this one kept burning, it kept burning, it kept burning. And so he was inquisitive and he came to it. And it says a voice came out of the fire and said, Moses, I'm here. This is holy ground. Take your shoes off and give me the respect I'm due. This is the house of God. When you come, figuratively, take your shoes off because this is God's house. This is the house of God. This is where God wants to meet so many people, where he's met hundreds, if not thousands, of people over the years. You say, well, why aren't they in the church? That's not the prerequisite of them coming. They come to meet the living God. They come to be healed. They come to be delivered. They come to be encouraged. They come to get wisdom. Because God in his house, he liberally gives it. He liberally gives it. And we can all be involved in this process. Or we can ignore it. And treat it like it were a church. And not the house of God. Remember what Jacob said, surely God is in this place. Not just on Sunday, but on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And he's still here. And I pray that God will remain in this place. As long as I'm here anyway, because I'm selfish. No, as long as we're here. And we can be part of the process of meeting with the living God. You know, the youngsters started, not so, so young youngsters, but 
they started a thing called the dwelling place. Do you remember? That was so in tune with God. They didn't realize it. Did you ever come to it? They might say, oh, I missed that. See, they captured something. The dwelling place. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know why they called it that. God said, listen, how many times do I have to tell you? This is the dwelling place of God. And so people came and they said, what should we do at this dwelling place of God? Should we just sit quietly and let God minister to you? They go, that sounds a wonderful place to come. The dwelling place of God. And God said, our people don't want to come. Oh, well, lads, don't bother. We won't do that anymore. We won't do it anymore. We'll stop that. See, you have to tune in to God. Stuff that happens is not, oh, Phil's got a bee in his bonnet or Dave's onto one or somebody's starting something else. Listen, this is the house of God. What happens here is what God is doing. Isn't that exciting? I think it's ten times, thousand times, million times better than church. God says, do you want to live with me forever? Let me give you a little foretaste of it now. Living in the house of God now, every day, every day, every day. Come and talk to him. Come here and listen to him. Come here and worship him. Talk to others about him here. Be healed here. Be delivered here. Be set free here. Meet through the night, fellowship in the day, study together, have fun with one another in the house of God. You say, that's all right, Phil, I'll be back next week. <laughs> that's all right. And maybe I won't make it next week because I've got a boot sale I want to go to and I've got to visit my friends the week after. I'll be back in three weeks. Okay. Meanwhile, I'm going to keep coming and meeting God, and getting involved as tens and scores and hundreds and thousands of people meet God in this place. See, it's as exciting as the book of Acts. Just as Moses didn't realise God was in the bush, you perhaps didn't realise that God lived here all the time. Please recognise this. And God wants you to come and meet him. And as you go out into that place, you take the presence of God that you found here, out there. See, if you have come here and you have not experienced the presence of God, you have nothing to take out there. Maybe we should stay until he touches us. Until he reveals himself to us. Didn't he say that on the day of Pentecost? He said, don't go until the spirit has come upon you. Then I release you. Nothing's changed. Gather in the house of God until the presence of God permeates you, touches you, revives you, gives you something. And then you go and you touch the world wherever you are, in the marketplace, wherever you are. But you have an anxiety to get back. To experience more of the presence of God. 
Does that sound good? Does that sound like the word of the Lord? Will you do something with it? I want you to badge me. Phil, come on, we want to do this. We want to get together and worship. We want to get together and pray. Phil, I need to have a Bible study so you can teach me more of the Word of God. I want to come and fellowship with people. I want to come and meet some of these people that are coming in off the street. What can I do? What time can I give? How can I get involved in this? God will make a way. Because he loves us to come visit his house.